Today we're going to be talking about Life O oh, the Party from Musicology, recorded 2003 at Paisley Park and released on the 27th of March 2004. On the track we have Prince, we have Candy Dolpha, and we have Chance Howard. Uh, the track is 429, and joining me to talk about today is Christy Norman. Hello, Christy. Hi, Darren. Um, now, in terms of like uh, the genre, I feel this is very clearly... Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously having the word party in the title kind of gives it away a little bit, but yeah. I think... Um, you know, it is basically just a song about, you know, Prince describing what's going to happen at a party. Yeah. Um, that's like, that's his whole thing. Um, and it's kind of, it's, I don't know, I'd say it's kind of pop, but it's also got a bit of an R&B thing going on. Um, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's kind of the closest thing on this album to R&B. There's a lot of stuff on this album that's mostly kind of like rock and kind of pop ballads right um, you know and so it feels like prince is kind of he's basically staying away from the stuff he did in the 90s where he kind of veered too much towards doing um second rate i would want to say r&b stuff right you know so he's yeah. kind of just, it wasn't his forte no. and so he needed to yeah, so, <laughs> get back into this his own genre that he created yeah so he's kind of sticking to you know sticking to what he knows um, you know, and he gives the 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 kind of the title line to um, to Candy Dolpha to sing, uh, where she says, yes. "This is the life of the party. We're going to do it right." Um, now, yeah. the the interesting thing is uh, one of the things that made Rave and To the Joy Fantastic a hard slog for me was the fact that every single song started with Prince introducing it with the title. Um, so yeah. having someone say the title of the song straight up front kind of gave me flashbacks to uh, rave here, uh, but <laughs> like I, a little PTSD. <laughs> yeah, but so I, but I don't think it's I don't think it's it's it, the production is a lot better than anything on rave. So you know inst instantly oh, sure. it kind of you know it's better than that. Um, well, and it's not Prince saying the title of the song. No. it's Candy Dolphin. Yeah, so I, th yeah, I think so. You yeah, know, I think that's what makes it probably better than anything that's on rave instantly is that Prince isn't the one immediately <laughs> singing the title song. Um, so yeah, um, and you know he 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 Prince kind of uh, you know lets us know. So you're having a party, good for you. All the beautiful gonna be there. Yeah, that's cool. And I just love how dismissive Prince is of this entire situation. Like he's instantly like, oh, you're having a party. Well, that's nice. Yeah, good for you. It's not as good as any of my parties. It's just it can't be. <laughs> yeah, um, mm -hmm. you know you know you're gonna have a good time because you got the news. And I'm not never quite sure what that line actually means, but. Um, okay, like maybe it's being covered by the local news um, that the life of the party is going to party with you. So it's like, okay, um, all right, uh, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, and uh, again, I don't know, this is weird because Prince actually name checks Candy Dolpha when he says, we're going to do our own thing until the sun comes up. Sweet Candy going to be there. Uh, yeah, it's yep. going to be rough. And I don't know why he said it's going to be rough for the fact that Candy Dolph is going to be there. It's such a weird kind of, almost like a, a weird insult that he's it's like... Okay. Oh, I didn't see it as well as like just like it's going to be rough to keep our mind on the prize with Candy there because she's so sweet. 
I well yeah I don't know I, to me the like every time I hear it I always think oh he's saying it's going to be rough because Candy's there and I, oh I'm, like just hard to ignore her yeah okay hard to keep his eyes on what he's what he's doing <laughs> yeah I mean I guess you know he says she ain't got no off switch and neither do I again like at this point I'm not I'm not quite sure how old Candy Dolfer is I know she's probably in her you know early thirties and Prince is you know way past forty. At this point, right. so the idea yeah. that he's got no off switch at this particular time, I'm like, I feel like you're really exaggerating there a little bit, Prince. <laughs> like, I think you're really overselling how much you can kind of party at this particular point. Um, you know, I'm sure Prince did well, you know, like obviously everyone knows about his kind of after show performances and stuff. But at the same time, I get the feeling that maybe the rest of the day he was probably sleeping for a large portion of oh it to kind of recover. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like the he's selling how much he's going to be the life of the party a little too much because you're like, oh. it feels maybe to me he's overcompensating a little bit where he says, he's you know, she's got no off switch and neither do I. Uh, it's like, uh, I could, well, I, maybe when it comes to performing, because he he had a history of very long concerts and then went and did just as long or longer after shows. Yeah. And like left it all on the floor every time. So yes, he probably did have to, you know, sleep it off, but (laughs) yeah, after a fashion, it was far later before he actually had to do the crashing. Now candy is 10 years younger than Prince. So, um, you know, she probably had a bit more stamina. Maybe he fed off of it. You know, that was something that was good for him. I think he was very much a burn the candle at both ends until he pretty much collapsed. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, he says here, you're going to read it in the paper tomorrow. You're going to hang your head and cry. Um, oh, yeah. You wish you were there, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I kind of I kind of I kind of like that as well. Like the idea that that, uh, you know, Prince uh, partying all night is going to be something that makes the papers. Um, you know, right. whereas I feel like it was like him doing kind of like long after shows and being out all night was kind of so routine. I don't think that really would make the papers um, like Prince is out all night. <laughs> I can imagine someone in Minneapolis being like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's Prince. He's always out all <laughs> night. Like, you know, that's that's literally how he lives his life. It's not really it's not really headline news. Um, you no, know, the, well. the kind of the St. Paul Star Ledger or whatever needs to find a new headline because, quite frankly, this is not news. This is this is just you know routine stuff. You may as well put it in the society pages. Prince is out all night because you know that's always going to be a reliable story. Um, but I do, I do like this idea that Prince is effectively in this song. He's kind of creating FOMO. Uh, like people yeah, are basically yes. people are basically like. It's like, okay, you're having a party. That's fine. Well, I'm Prince and I'm going to be having a party. Candy Dolphin's going to be there. You're not going to be there. So you're going to be hanging your head and crying. Uh, yeah. Um, so I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like the fact that he's, he's inventing this kind of fear of missing out for other people um, and saying, <laughs> this is, this is what the party is going to be. Um, you know, right. and uh, after the chorus kind of comes back, Prince says, we're going to have a party. Uh, all are welcome to. We ain't down with nobody that don't party like we do, which <laughs> I I kind of I like I like the idea that he because he, he does the kind of like the uh, almost like uh, I'm trying to remember the title of the song, but the whole kind of, you know, I don't like cricket. I love it. And it's this like kind of right. we don't party with nobody that don't party like we do. <laughs> like this the, this brief pause of like whether you don't party with. And then he's like, oh, of course. Yeah. Like that. That's the standard. Yeah. Uh, once we get it started, we got to go all night. Uh, this is the life of the party. We're going to do it right. So. 
I mean, again, it doesn't really. It, I mean, it doesn't really feel like Prince is saying a huge amount in this song, other than he, no, it's a party song. Yeah. He doesn't have to have a message. No, but I, at the same time, it's still. It's still. I mean, I guess maybe this first part of the song isn't hugely kind of interesting because it's just a lot of you know, um, I I party all night. You you don't, and you're not going to be at my party. I feel like you know after the when we get to the you know why party in your own yard when you can party in mine. That's probably one of my mm-hmm. favorite lines in the song. <laughs> song because it's it's like Prince being like, okay, you've got your lame house. Why are you having a party there again? Remind me. Uh, why don't Why don't you come and have a party at mine? Um, and then he's you know then we bring back all the beautiful people going to be there. And then I I do love the the line putting the eye in fine. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, I don't know what he means. <laughs> like because like without the eye it's just fun. So it's like that's not a, that's not a word. Like I get I get the like I get the structure of the thing that he's trying to say, but. It, I think he's saying that I'm here, so yeah, I am fine. Yeah, it's just, it's just but, that kind of insult really requires what you're putting the something in has to be part of a word that makes yeah. sense without it. So it's it, like it, it feels <laughs> like he slightly missed the structure of how that joke works, but still, yeah. I do I do enjoy that. And then of course he says, "Throw the records out my window, the CDs out my door." <laughs> Might as well Might as give, well it, to give it to the milkman yeah, again. That's a great line. I was like. Okay, so I get it. Like he's saying that once you're once you've heard him live, you don't want to listen to him recorded any longer. Yeah. You know, I'm still going to keep my CDs <laughs> and who has a milkman? Yeah. And also this is kind of ironic in that this is the tour where he gave his album away with <laughs> yes. with the tickets. Yes. So, and that was obviously, you know, that 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 itself became a thing with Billboard because they were like you can't do that and Prince was like you know, watch much, me. <laughs> well, much like with the film Airbud, he said, "There's nothing in the rules that says I can't." And <laughs> you just name-checked Airbud. Well, there's nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball, and there's nothing in the rules that says Prince can't just give away an album. Um, so it's mm-hmm. ironic that he's saying here, you know, throw your records out the window and CDs out the door because <laughs> that pretty much was what By he was way. doing. Yeah, as you leave, here's a free CD. You know, like with every yeah. ticket, like. It's just it's just kind of weird that he says that. But I do like the kind of might as well give it to the milkman because it's such a weird line. <laughs> like I mean such an obscure strange reference for Well, I mean the like the idea of people getting door-to-door milk deliveries in 2004, it feels like a Yeah. It feels like a concept that's even more out of date than when he talked about pages on that one song on one night alone. It's like it yeah. you know, it it just doesn't kind of make any sense. You're like I you know, you may as well hit Prince up on his pager because, you know, maybe that's where how the milkman is communicating with Prince. But I, st- I don't know. I still kind of like this quaint idea that, that Prince still thinks people get milk delivered to their doors. Like, I don't know. It just, I always like these little tiny insights into Prince's mind and how he thinks the world still works. Because I'm almost right. certain Paisley Park probably had someone delivering. Um, well, what did he say in that one song? Um, Soy milk. Uh, was that, oh, that he wanted yeah, on his Captain sure. Crunch? So, you know, yes. so he's probably getting a daily delivery of that to Paisley Park. Uh, you know, he was notorious for drinking, uh, you know, for eating a lot of cereal. Maybe he was also drinking a lot of milk and that's why he required. I mean, Paisley Park is slightly out of the way anyway. So, you you know, if you're not sending someone to get groceries, I feel like a milk delivery is probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I did it's not like they come put it on your doorstep, though. I'm sure he had a person. Yeah. 
who went and got it. It probably wasn't delivered. He had a person <laughs> who went and got it for him. I guess that was his delivery person. It showed up in his refrigerator. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I like the idea that Prince still thinks they have a milkman, and that's probably and the staff yeah. at Paisley Park are probably like, yeah, yeah. There's a guy who just delivers milk, Prince. So they're saying it sarcastically, and Prince is like, oh. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Oh, yeah, it's nice to know. <laughs> yeah, ah, I, I got to remember to tip that guy at Christmas. Yeah, and now we get some yeah. some name checking in this next verse, which I think is quite interesting because it kind of it's really weird because you know Prince in previous songs he'd name checked I think Macy Gray and Common, um, and he's also name checked right. Questlove, and you know he's said D'Angelo's name quite a few times. Uh, to the point where yeah. it's kind of almost embarrassing because you're like Prince, find <laughs> find find some other you know um, person who is shy of wearing clothes um, that that you know <laughs> sings R and B other than D'Angelo, uh, as great as he mm-hmm. is. Um, uh, but here he says, you know, everybody can smell this funky old down in Atlanta, GA. Everybody, even Dre and M, know it's okay. Now, the fact that Prince is name checking Dr. Dre and Eminem. Um, in yeah. 2004, is nothing really novel because by that point, I think you know people. I think Dr. Dre, you know, was still huge, and Eminem obviously was, you know, probably at the peak of his popularity. Although, from what I understand, recent records he's released have actually sold more than some of his older stuff. So, um, right. you know, but still, the fact that this gives away the fact that Prince knows who Dr. Dre and Eminem is. Like, it's rare that Prince would ever acknowledge people who weren't on his level. Um, or right. who weren't at least worthy of being counted as like an influence. Um, so the fact that he actually name checks these two, I guess it's almost him saying, well, yes, you know, these two people are obviously very big recording artists and they've sold a lot of yeah. records. Therefore, they are worthy of being mentioned by me. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just I, yeah. I kind of like that. I kind of just like the fact that Prince you know, has updated his references a little bit. Yeah, he's kind of come out of his bubble. Yeah. He's pulling more people into the fold. Uh, Yeah. I mean, although at the same time, I think at this point, Eminem had sold something ridiculous like 50 million records. You can't really ignore someone at that point. (laughs) Like, you you know, you can't pretend that they're just like, you know, another rapper. Uh, You kind of have to acknowledge them. Um, You know, and Prince says, hey, we don't need any tripping y'all on this special day. Uh, We just called to let you know you better not come if you can't stay. So again, Prince is like, if you're not going to be here until five in the morning, uh, then there's no point. Yeah, don't There's bother. no point showing up at nine, yeah. nine in the evening. You know, like if you're not going to be here for the duration, um, you know, he, he clearly wants a party where everybody turns up on time and then stays for the entire duration. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, they call a coach from Paisley Park or something and, and have everyone <laughs> sent back to the Twin Cities. I'm not sure what the situation was. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, I kind of the thing is that middle part. I kind of like is probably my favorite part of this, you know, this song. This whole kind of <laughs> this talk of the milkman and coming over to my yard. Yeah. And, you know, acknowledging Dre and, and Eminem, like all that. That stuff is kind of like, um, you know, the kind of more interesting stuff. Um, you know, I feel like the kind of the final, the final verse is kind of a little bit of a disappointment because it's kind of just the yeah. empty kind of boasting again. Um, you know, well, yeah. although it does, it does start with Prince saying, "What's it going to take to get your booty soaking wet?" Which, again, yeah. is a wonderful line. Um, and of course, he says, "You're me closer, baby. That's a bet." Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of like the fact that um, you know Prince is insisting on getting someone soaking wet. Because that doesn't yeah, seem that, like that's no. a pleasurable thing. Like, oh, you, he wants him to get all sweaty and have fun at the party. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the fact that... Yeah, that's how I read Yeah, it. someone's booty being soaking wet just doesn't seem like a pleasurable thing to me. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I, I like I like a nice towel. I like to just, I like to try and stay dry. Um, 
And of course he's... You don't want to dance until you're just soaked through? <laughs> no, I, I think the last time I did that, I went to I went to see, um, I think it was Audio Slave. Um, and by the okay. end of the night, I was literally like drenched in sweat. Um, but I really just wanted to get home and get out of those clothes because I was like, this is not, oh, this is really? not a pleasant experience being drenched in oh. sweat. I, I maybe, maybe I'm just not someone who can be showing up at Prince's party and staying there all night um, <laughs> at this rate. Uh, but yeah, he says, you know, oh. I'm the life of the party as long as you got your booty shaking like a leaf on a tree. I think shaking like a leaf on a tree is the is an Elvis it's reference. Um, oh, Because okay. it's like the all shook up, isn't it? Uh, where he says, yeah. I'm shaking I'm shaking like a something on a tree. I don't know if he says leaf, but I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's it's kind of a reference to someone else there. Um, and of course, he no, says, funny. cutie come and dance with me. You and me, we got mad chemistry. I like as well how Prince proclaims this. <laughs> as soon as this person comes and dances with him, he's like, we got mad chemistry. Yeah, he's got to tell you. He can't just let it be obvious. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to tell you about it. He says, don't, you, okay. don't, don't it make you want to holler. Come with the life of the party, y'all. We're still making dollars. 25 yeah. years to life. The judge sentenced me to hard labor with a knife. Song takes a bit of a turn here. Uh, making cuts for y'all. Yeah. Keeping the party packed and wall to wall. I don't care what they say. Uh, he, and then he, he puts on one of his many voices and says he don't play mm-hmm. the hits no more. Plus, I thought he was gay. Uh, which I, which is not patently not true. No. He did play the hits. Yes, by the way. Yeah, no, that's that's this is this is like, completely contradictory to what the like the musicology tour was. Well, even like before that, I went and looked at. We saw him a few times in the nineties, and I went back and I was like, "Did when we saw him, did he not play the hits? No, he totally played the hits, even in the nineties, long before the musicology tour. It's not like he made a." change for this tour because people were complaining he wasn't playing the hits no he's always played the hits yeah since like the late 80s he's played the hits although you know he did kind of avoid a lot of the warner back catalog for a few years and maybe maybe that's where this criticism comes from like a decade before well yeah (laughs) but you know prince he's 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 always one to bear a grudge um (laughs) you know he was he was still making songs about the the fact that warner brothers wouldn't let him out of his contract for five or six years after they let him out of his contract so um, you know, his bitterness runs deep. And also we get this kind of, you know, the reference to people thinking Prince was gay, which I think, you know, obviously that goes all the way back to, you know, like uh, controversy. So, you yeah, know, it, it, well, that was he was inten- intentionally ambiguous. So I don't know why he was. Yeah. And I would, and I th- was an issue. I think as well, when you look at the films that he did, um, you know, like in Purple Rain, you know, he, like it's fairly obvious that he's he is being portrayed as a very heterosexual man. Um, and the yes. same is true of, you know, I mean, he plays a gigolo in Under the Cherry Moon. Although, you know, there is right. more chemistry between him and um, I'm trying to, Jerome. Tricky. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, than there is between him and, uh, and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. <laughs> so I guess maybe right. in that case, that doesn't help it. Uh, but then in, uh, you know, in Graffiti Bridge, you know, he, again, is very much back to the role of, of playing, a, you know, a heterosexual male. And even if you take the, you know, the the kind of the segments in um, Sign of the Times, you know, when you have a song like I Could Never Take the Place of Your Man, like, you know, Prince, right. Prince is so sexual that this other person is instantly throwing themselves at his feet as soon as their their boyfriend leaves, like for more than a few seconds. Right. So. I, I don't I don't think I don't think there's ever been anything, you know, and at this point he's twice divorced. Like I, right. I you know, 
which of course, you know, Elton John and uh, Freddie Mercury were both married. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that necessarily discounts the idea that he wouldn't be gay. But no. at the same time, it's like, you know, at most, maybe he's bisexual. But, you know, the idea of people being like, maybe Prince is gay. I don't know. Even in 2004, it, fe- it feels like such a kind of a resolved issue where it's like, I don't know anyone who would still be in that mindset. And, you know. Well, and even even if he was like even by the early two thousands, who cares? Yeah, um, but I guess in this in, the, in those particular lines, he's obviously playing a disgruntled fan. Um, so I, I guess maybe he feels like right. that's what the disgruntled fans were saying was he doesn't play the hits and maybe he's gay. <laughs> Which again, I'm not quite sure why he felt that needed to be addressed in this song, but um, you know, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Prince he had something to get off his chest. Yeah. We'll let him. Do well, it. this is it. I mean, there's a little bit of score setting in this song, anyway, isn't there? So, so uh, yeah, like this idea that he's holding better parties than you and staying out longer than you. Like it feels like he's he's clearly trying to make a point. Um, and of course, he says, uh, "But it ain't nothing if it ain't fun." My voice is getting higher, and I ain't never had my nose done. Uh, <laughs> maybe I mean that feels like maybe a little bit of a shot at Michael Jackson there. Oh, of course yeah. it is. That's the other guy. Yeah, that's the yeah. other guy. Um, and of course he says all the purple hippies bang your head on the one. And then we go back to the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. but yeah, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, at this point, I'm not quite sure why he's throwing out like a diss at Michael Jackson. Like in 2004, I think Michael Jackson Habit. had bigger problems and I don't think they were to do with anything, you know, related to his nose. You know, I feel, but then again, at the same time, I don't think Prince would make reference to people being on trial for various things in a song. So no, I guess maybe one just passing reference to, to Michael Jackson, um, you know, just kind yeah. of for old times. Yeah. Sake, you, you know, know yeah. one, one, you know, just Can one I... more from one eighties icon to another. Uh, yeah. You know. There you go. Obviously, he'd worked with Madonna, so he was on friendly terms with her. So there's no reason for him to take a shot at Madonna at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I, like I say, I think kind of the middle part of the song is probably the, the for me, is like the bit that I enjoy the most. Um, you know, all the, the kind of putting the eye in fine, you know, like a bit nonsensical, but still I enjoy it. Um, you know, uh, and kind of this whole thing about the milkman again, you know, the, like, I yeah. feel like that part is the part that I really enjoyed. Like the, the first part just feels kind of very generic and like, you know, we party better than you just doesn't, I don't know. Like at this point, I'm kind of like in terms of Prince songs, I'm kind of past the idea of Prince boasting about how great he is at doing something because I'm like, yeah, okay. Like we, we know, we know that you're really good. We don't, we know, yeah. we kind of, we need something, that, maybe just a tiny bit more in the song. And maybe, I mean, so that's maybe why I kind of like the middle part a little bit more because it does kind of, it kind of gets a bit more specific and it's kind of like, you know, a bit more interesting than just this kind of generic, you know, you're going to read it in the paper tomorrow. Right. Well, I, I wonder if maybe he didn't start it the way he did because it, he was thinking ahead to a concert because it's a fun way to start a concert. Yeah. So uh, perhaps maybe he was kind of thinking about that. When I go on tour with this life of the party, that's where it's at. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. If he's if he's like if he's thinking about this is going to be, you know, an opening song or, you know, like I guess there are there are a few songs, you know, I mean, I guess I would say something like maybe Housequake as well, where the the Mm -hmm. audience interaction is obviously something that he's got in mind when he's recording the song. Um, right. So, you know, I guess that I think maybe that's why it's more simple. Yeah. Is to kind of get the get people on their feet, get them going. It's going to we're going to have fun. This is going to be a good time. I think that's maybe 
And I, yeah, it's simple, but I think that maybe it had an end in mind when he was writing it. And then the middle part is for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's for, for, for the album listener. That's the middle part, the fun part. I think maybe that's the one thing that maybe is letting me down a little bit is it is kind of, it is written as like to be played live. Um, and, yeah. and I think sometimes those types of songs, when you hear them on an album, they like they sound a little bit kind of desperate because it's like, you know, OK, we get it. You know, you can party. But I yeah. guess in a live setting, right. it's a lot more fun because you've got the crowd singing along and you've kind of got, you know, the the interaction. But when you're just doing it on an album, it, it kind of falls a little bit flat because it's just fair, you know. And I, I think maybe that's that's probably what is maybe niggling at me a little bit is like, well, if you know, if he's going to play it live, then OK, maybe it sounds better. But. You know, I I still you know like there's other songs that he does. You wanted that yeah. you know he plays live that I still enjoy when they're on the album. But you know, right? That, if you're trying to make like a song for an audience, you know, I, you know, just I don't know, save it for the show. Like just do a song that you just play for the audience. Like on the album, it just it it ends up sounding flat. You know, like. Huh. But then I'm I'm not a fan of like songs where people boast about how great they party because it you know, at the end of it, I'm like. <laughs> I'm not at that party, so <laughs> like, what does it matter yeah. to me? <laughs> I'm not there, and if you have to tell me so hard, was it really yeah. that great? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does feel a little bit kind of like he's trying to, you know, like I'm sitting down and he's like, yeah, we were at this great party last night. I'm like, I'm sure you were, Prince. I'm sure yeah. it was a great party. <laughs> like, you know, I sat at home and watched a few episodes of like some TV show and, you know, had a cup of hot cocoa and had an early night. <laughs> I feel out like the two of us, I probably had the better night. I didn't have to spend oh. on, you know. But yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's just that. It just feels, a, as, as a song, it, it feels to me like it falls just a little bit flat. But, you know, obviously, I you know, I never saw him play this live. So I think maybe the live experience probably would sell the song a bit more, you know. Uh, and this was a song, obviously, that Prince, you know, played on the on the following tours, you know, in 2003 and 2004. So, right. uh, you know, the, the fact that he'd kind of come up with this song that was clearly designed to be like a live staple, um, you know, obviously that's what he ended up doing with it anyway. Uh, right. And then after 2004, he didn't perform it again. <laughs> so, yeah, so. he didn't need to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, feel, I feel like he'd made his point. Everyone knew yeah. he was the life of the party. Um, so for me, I'm going to say, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of around three, three and a half out of five. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel that's just because, you know, it does feel like it was something that was made for a live setting. If, you know, if there had been like a concert film of the Musicology Tour, I'm sure I would have seen this song and I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Um, but as it is on the album, it feels for me probably like a three. Yeah, I I would go a little bit higher, four. Uh, only because I think it's really fun. It's accessible. It's, you know, if you play it loud at a party, I could see it being really fun. So... And yeah, I did see him in concert a couple times on this album. This was the last time we saw him in concert was for this tour. And it was, I mean, I guess I have those memories to draw. And so it was <laughs> delightful for me. And then the funny bits in the middle. Funny Prince is my favorite Prince. So I yeah, to... I mean, I, like, you know, it's also nice that like Candy like gets to sing 
the yeah. uh, you know the chorus line you know so right again like the, the fact that prince is kind of giving it over to someone else you know it's it's nice when he kind of does that stuff so but i feel like we said about as much as we can about life sure. the party so let's go to plugs is there anything you wish to plug sure i have a couple things uh my husband and i co-host a podcast called the mountains and the sea and we take a look at prince albums and do a series of episodes about the album the supporting materials singles b-sides fashion related artists all that stuff and we kind of take a deep dive in every episode we choose our high point our mountain and our low point the sea you can find us on twitter at tmats t-m-a-t-s podcast or on facebook the mountains and the sea of prince podcast and if we got any true crime lovers out there i co-host a podcast called killer fun where we explore the intersection of crime and entertainment you can find us on twitter at killer fun pod and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitch for prince podcast or you can email us not sure why you want at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here christy it was my pleasure and otherwise bye. just watch all all the cars go by